Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Kei te whakaronga mai koe ki tō tātou au horihori, hei hōtaka e pānaki tō tātou au whānui. This is Summer Science with Our Changing World on RNZ National, and now it's time for our student podcast from the Centre for Science Communication at the University of Otago. This week's story is from Charlotte Panton, and she's called it Piggy in the Middle. Forensic scientists may soon have a new tool in their crime-solving artillery. New Zealand student inventing crime-fighting tool, a model that could help reconstruct fatal shootings. In 2009, University of Otago master's student Gemma Radford was fighting bad guys with science by looking into creating the world's first model for backspatter analysis. A quick Google search tells us the phenomenon of backspatter is the ejection of biological material such as blood or bone from a gunshot wound against the direction of fire. Analysis of backspatter can help determine if a gunshot fatality was homicide, suicide or accidental. A model that can accurately provide details would surely be an important tool for forensic investigators. It could help ensure that innocent people aren't convicted or that the right people are found for the crimes. The crime-fighting research led Gemma and her team to test their model on pigs, the last frontier of validation for the model. In 2015, animal rights group Peter broke the story of how five live pigs were tied down and shot in the head. Let's listen to some of these headlines from the Daily Mail UK. Outrage as five live pigs are shot in the head with a handgun after being strapped down on a table for a New Zealand study into suicides. <gasps> Radio New Zealand said, Scientists' actions violent, cruel and indefensible. Animal welfare group Peter wanted to know why research that involved innocent pigs being shot in the head at close range got approved. Peter had three specific bones to pick with the shooting study. One, entirely indefensible given their cruelty. Two, its inapplicability to humans. And three, the superior non-animal research methods that are available. So why are scientists shooting these innocent pigs in the head? I will be exploring the backlash the backspatter study has stimulated, specifically asking whether the study was cruel and inapplicable as opponents claim, questioning the viability of non-animal alternatives to the study, and also exploring the benefits that animal research overall brings to humanity. But first we must ascertain why animal research is so controversial. I had a chat with Dr Mike King. Hi. An ex-animal scientist and lecturer at the Bioethics Centre at Otago University. He helped to answer some of the following questions. Why are animals used in scientific research? One of the reasons animals are used in scientific research is because it helps to generate knowledge and understanding of um, uh, the biology and physiology and anatomy of animals and things like that. Not only can this knowledge be used to manage animals in useful ways, for example farming, but the knowledge can be used for humans. Help us understand human physiological processes and, and dysfunctions of human physiological processes and things like that, so human sickness, and then we can develop human treatments. 
There are many similar physiological processes, biological interactions, and similar anatomy between some animals and humans. So by studying animals, we can apply these things we learn to help us understand about how the human body works. From this, we can develop treatments and cures for human illness and disease. Animal testing has been an integral part of discovering new medical drugs and treatments. One example of many benefits of animals in research can be seen in the history of insulin. Before the discovery of insulin, diabetes was a rampant disease. In 1889, studies using diabetic dogs discovered the role of the pancreas in regulating blood sugar levels. Scientists isolated an extract that would dramatically improve a diabetic dog. They called this extract insulin, and after many improvements in purifications and testing, the product was successfully introduced to humans, saving and improving many lives even to this day. I must point out dogs no longer provide insulin, and in most developed countries, insulin for humans is synthesised in laboratories. So why is animal testing a controversy? It's controversial because some uses of animals in research is harmful for the animals. And this isn't the case for all animal research, but it's certainly the case of um, a fair amount of animal research. Most experimental manipulations, the technical terms for what is done to the animal, can cause harm to the animal. For opponents of animal research, harming animals violates their morals. For many scientists, animal research is an important part of developing our knowledge to help humans. The manipulations that research animals can be subjected to can range from non-invasive things like behavioural observations and blood sampling through to more invasive things like catheterising them, putting tubes into them, drug trial testing, giving them diseases like cancer, and even killing them at the end of the trial. And amongst society, there exist different expectations of how humans behave towards other animals, for indeed we are animals too. The lives and suffering of animals is something that we think is of moral value. It is this perceived pain and suffering of the animals that fuels a controversy, a clash of morals in society. So what made the back spatter study particularly inflammatory? This clash of morals can be particularly seen in the debate over the back spatter study because the pigs died in a way that was perceived to be cruel. They were killed with a handgun, which looks terrible. It looked um, shocking and I think that people were surprised that some scientific research can involve shooting pigs in the head with a handgun. You don't imagine people going to the science, you know, sort of equipment cabinet and pulling out a, a pistol. Um, and so I think that it seemed like a, um, a brutal experiment and science tends to be thought of as more refined than that. I also think many people hearing about the study and reading about it from the headlines imagine pigs tied down against their will, struggling to get free, distressed and squealing as they try to escape. Indeed, this image would be very distressing if it were true. Perhaps one of the most inflammatory parts of this study. I decided to take a closer look and see exactly how the pig shooting study got the go-ahead. For any research that requires the use of animals, the researchers must first get approval from an animal ethics committee. Radford and her team had to gain approval from the Otago Animal Ethics Committee to undertake the pig shooting study. They had to fulfil the criteria of the three principles that govern animal care and scientific research. I spoke with Marcelo Rodriguez Ferrer, a law lecturer at Otago University, to discuss these three principles. In the 1970s, uh, there were many exposés and, I guess, critiques of the way that 
science and commercial interests were using animals for testing um, and as a result animal researchers themselves developing a framework in which they could try and minimize the use of animals within scientific research that led to the development of this 3R framework. Principle one, replacement. Using non-animal alternatives while maintaining scientific validity. The hardest but most important R is replacement, uh, and that is attempting to remove the use of animals where alternatives exist. So that could be something usually computer modelling. In terms of the pig study, a non-animal alternative was not available the researchers had to explain this to the committee. The closest model was that of a plastic wrap sponge soaked in blood, a very unrealistic model due to the fact that there are none of the underlying bone structures or skin that even remotely represent the human body. For a model to be used in society and further research, it needs to be realistic. I corresponded with Keith Bedford, the ESR Forensic General Manager and media spokesperson for the pig study. He explained that a valid backspatter model has to account for a. the physical characteristics of the human skull or body, for which a pig is admittedly not a particularly good model despite some similarities, and b. the fluid dynamics of blood, which are in themselves very complex. The first requirement can be simulated by the use of models such as computer and mathematical modelling, or the blood-filled sponges. However, the factors of fluid dynamics of the blood are very difficult to model and need to be validated as far as possible in the live animal experiments. The goal of the study was to create a reliable model that would be used as an alternative to further animal use in backspatter studies. So the researchers turned to live pigs as the last validation for their artificial model of backspatter. Principle 2. Reduction speak to trying to reduce the number of animals used overall so potentially in situations where replacements can't be found you would nevertheless try and reduce the need for animals on a large scale. The minimum numbers of live pigs used in the study was five. Any less and any results from the study would be non-viable and thus an extreme waste of resources. So why pigs? Opponents argue that their morphology is too different and the data means nothing. Indeed, if you just look at a pig's head compared to a human's head, they're pretty different. The researchers address these issues and claim that pigs are the best model for human backspatter, but pigs have a similar skin structure to humans. However, their thicker skull bones and morphology also means that the findings have implications and can only be used as a model, not as an absolute. Part of a good study design is ensuring that you get good data, one element of the pig study was that they strapped the pigs down on the table. This ensured that they were placed properly for a correct line of fire and also maintained the position in case the shooting caused any nerve spasm stimulation and the animal fell off the table. This actually occurred for pig number four despite the restraints and the data for this pig was sorely compromised because the backspatter patterns were destroyed by the movement. This highlights the importance of a good study design to maximise the contribution of the animal. And so we come to the last of the three R's refinement. Any animal that cannot be replaced or excluded must be exposed to as little harm as possible. So back to the image of a squealing pig fighting to escape the straps that hold it to the table. Well, this wasn't the case. Before the pigs were secured, they had been anaesthetised by an attending veterinarian. At no point were the pigs conscious whilst being shot or experimented on. They felt no pain nor experienced any suffering when they died. From an ethics point of view, the way the pigs were treated was not cruel. The researchers did everything in their power to minimise pain and suffering of the pigs. The pigs were just sent off to sleep, 
And they died in their sleep. Which is, as a side note, far less distressing than becoming bacon. But that's another issue for another time. So this is why the pig study research got the Ethics Committee approval. They fulfilled all of the three R's. And this reflects the nature of animal treatment and scientific research. But now, because of the validation from this shooting study, a viable non-animal model is now available for other researchers to build upon. You do some research and this is hoped that it's going to lead to some benefit in combination with some other research, perhaps some future research. To address the accusation that the pig study was useless, I would like to point out a recent headline in the Dominion Post. Blood spatter researcher working on computer simulation to help forensics. PhD student Erin Kwan is currently leading research that aims to improve blood splatter analysis in crime scenes through careful computer simulations. Her research was made possible by the validated pig model. Radford and co have succeeded in contributing a very important piece of the backspatter puzzle. Given that we know the pigs were unconscious when they died, they felt no pain or suffering. So to label the study as cruel, and that the findings are useless based on the fact pigs and humans are different, is rather inflammatory and further fuels the debate between scientists and opponents, all while the pigs are caught in the middle. That podcast was produced by University of Otago science communication student Charlotte Panton, and she spoke with Mike King, bioethics lecturer at the University of Otago, and Marcelo Rodriguez Ferreri, a lecturer in the Faculty of Law. Thanks for listening to this Our Changing World podcast. And you can find more stories on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Ka kite anō. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.